Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All coaches aspire to be champions, and this time of year is when you set that vision for your team. By now, listeners of this podcast know about signature championship rings and have met some of the signature champion coaches who partner with them to celebrate their achievements. Reputable, affordable, first-class customer service are just some of the ways we keep hearing coaches describe signature championship rings. So as you're ramping up this summer for the upcoming season, create a championship vision for your team now using the design tool at signaturechampions.com podcast. Give your team a visual to motivate their pursuit of a championship in 2024. And when your team has a championship moment to celebrate, we highly recommend consulting with Signature Championship Rings. Don't pass up completions, always keep us forward. And we talk about these these three things all the time. And this is probably one of the things that I talk about differently is completions first, scramble second, throwaways third. I think we all grew up, you know, maybe as former quarterbacks of, oh, if the completion's not there, just throw it away. Just throw it away. To me, when we get in the red zone, it's always keeping us moving forward. And so I talk a lot about completion, scramble, throwaway. Carnegie Mellon University has been one of the best in D3 football in scoring in the red zone these past two seasons, finishing second in 2022 and first in 2023. Head coach Ryan Larson shared the way they plan and practice their red zone offense at the D3 Top 25 Clinic presented by Coach and Coordinator Podcast. He discussed his philosophy in this area in terms of how they plan for it and how they practice it. His template for excelling in this area of offense is one that can be utilized at all levels. You can still purchase replays to the D3 Top 25 Clinic presented by Coach and Coordinator Podcast. The link is in the show notes. Once the presentation is on CoachTube, the link will be in the show notes as well. Here's Coach Larson on keys to success in the red zone. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. 
This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. So my name is Ryan Larson, as Keith said. I'm the head football coach here at Carnegie Mellon University. Served here for two years. So just finishing up my second season. Uh, really proud of, of where we're at as a program. Uh, we were 11 and one in 2022, finished 14th in the country, and then this last year we went 10 and one and finished 25th in the country. Carnegie Mellon's a really unique place because of our academics <laughs> and the, the rigors that our guys, you know, have to get in here and what they do when they are here. But one thing that I'm really proud of is our players really buy into what we're teaching and what we're trying to do. And being the head coach, I'm also quarterback coach. And so really working with our QBs, a lot of what you'll notice in this clinic talk is going to be pertaining to kind of decision-making by the quarterback, whether we like it or not, it's a big part of it. And so I'll kind of kick this thing off. So I'm kind of looking back at the last two years for us in the red zone, uh, actually going back to two years ago, we were number two in the country in scoring red zone offense at 92.7%. And uh, that was only by 0.2% away from Chapman. So We've had a really good run here two years in a row. I'm really proud of. I kind of break it down. And the reason why I break it down is, you know, I do look at a lot of things from a head coaching perspective and how it's going to affect both sides of the ball, but also our special teams. So here's our scoring, touchdown percentages, field goals made, uh, so on and so forth. And so one of the things that, you know, I really looked at coming out of 2022 was we had a really, really good scoring offense. But defensively, I really felt like, you know, we could be better. You know, our defense has been kind of a top, 10 top 25 caliber defense the last two years in statistics. And this was one that was a little bit of an outlier for them. And so really looking at ways that we could get better, not just looking at as, Hey, offensively, I'm an offensive minded head coach. Well, we're good. How can we do it better? And so, you know, obviously we had more opportunities in the red zone this year. Our touchdown percentage went up field goals were pretty consistent, you know, 11 versus 13 uh, of the 12 of 17 and of the 15 of 19. Um, but where we really saw a huge, huge rise was our as our defense even got better. So I want to talk a little bit about the why and, and the how, because I think as, as a head coach in particular, that's what matters more than plays. So I want to talk about the red zone philosophy and game planning and kind of what we do. First and foremost, score points above everything. Any time we're between the 25 and the 10, we have to score points. Field goals are okay. You know, and I'm going to talk about field goals a lot here. But the biggest thing is the decision-making by the quarterback. One of the biggest things that I talk about with our cues is don't ever pass up a completion in the red zone. Don't get greedy. Don't wait for the next one. If you have a completion, take the completion. All right. Um, don't ever pass up that completion. I think that you have to understand your space is condensed vertically. Horizontal space is still the same. But because of that vertical space being condensed, you know, there's not as much opportunity. The windows can be smaller, especially at the second level. And third level. So we want to make sure that we do a great job of getting the ball out quickly. Always keep us moving forward. 
when in doubt, you know, things look nasty and it could be a negative play. If we pull, then hand the damn thing off. Let's keep going forward. Don't pass up completions. Always keep us forward. And we talk about these, these three things all the time. And this is probably one of the things that I talk about differently is completions first, scramble second, throwaways third. I think we all grew up, you know, maybe as former quarterbacks of, oh, if the completion's not there, just throw it away. Just throw it away. To me, when we get in the red zone, it's always keeping us moving forward. And so I talk a lot about completion, scramble, throw away. Completion, scramble, throw away. Now, when we're out in normal down and distance, we may not have as much of that scramble mentality. And then understand the safe throws and matchups. So a lot of people talk about in the red zone, pylon throws, whether it's the corners of the end zones, as well as between the goalposts where those back two pylons are. Understanding great matchup throws are really important, whether we think that there's someone that we can go after from a defensive perspective, or, you know, we think that, you know, there's an opportunity for our guy to make a catch and a run, um, but understanding uh, those matchups. Once we're goal to go, so once we're inside the, the 10 yard line, uh, our goal is touchdowns. <laughs> Not much gets me more frustrated than field goals inside the 10. Uh, and that's for two reasons. One, obviously we've done all the work to get there. Let's score. But also two, anytime you're kicking field goals inside the 10, you're dealing with some pretty drastic angles for your, your kicker, unless you're, you know, in the dead middle. And that's, that's hard on a kicker. And so, you know, we want to finish at, at a higher rate, obviously with touchdowns, but also if we're going to kick field goals, let's make the damn things. Game planning. So I go into game planning. We talk about where do they change, especially in the goal line. So where is the opposing defense changing? We see a huge trend in our league. People love to blitz us from the, the 40 to the, the, the 25. Uh, they want to keep you out of field goal range. And so that's something that shows up differently. Um, so when I'm looking in my game planning at the red zone, I want to know where do they change? Where are they starting to do something different from their base defense? When are they going into that goal line package? And what is that goal line package? We're always going to have roughly five two-point plays ready. And we'll always use them for touchdowns. We actually only went for two once this entire year, but we used multiple two-point plays for touchdown plays. And so we're always going to have about five ready and we're going to use them a lot. And I'll talk about, you know, kind of how we build our two-point play menu. Tempo is something I think that can really limit sub-packaging, especially inside the goal line. I think this is important. If you understand where they change, you may put them in a situation where if you can tempo, they can't change. And that puts some angst on the opposing defense. And then I'm really big on watching every clip of the red zone um, on Wednesdays, going from the 25 in. Uh, and I'm writing notes and play ideas based on the section, goal line, extended goal line, et cetera. I think yet again, this goes back to where do they change and where you're looking at it and where are those lines of demarcation and, and where do I collect my notes? And um, that's going to affect my play call sheet as well. Um, my play call sheet isn't always, you know, goal line equals three to the, to the one. Sometimes it's four to the one. Uh, it depends on the defense a little bit. It also depends on what we want to do. Um, but I'm going to change those those numbers a little bit on the play call sheet um, so that I'm putting the best plays on the sheet for our kids to be successful. So preparation. In preseason, which is the most important time of the year, these are one of the things, some of the things that we did. So in 2022, we ran overtime ones versus ones, twos versus twos, two times each. So the ones got two cracks at it. The twos got two cracks at it. Uh, we did goal line. Uh, so inside, I think we did this inside the, I think it was three and in. We did it two times each, the ones and the twos. <laughs> we did red zone team from the 25 to the 10 four times in 2023. Uh, this was two times more than we had in 2022. And so I think this goes back to that first slide of 
how are we going to get better in the red zone? Um, not only offensively, but defensively. Well, we have to practice it more. And so red zone team, we did it two more times than we had in 2022. Same thing with red zone seven on seven with tight passing. One of the things that we noticed looking at our red zone defense is we gave up too many passing touchdowns on there. So some red zone work from the 12 to the three yard line. We only had done it once in preseason in 2022. This time we did it two times. And so, you know, just creating more opportunity for competition. And then uh, this was completely new. You know, we're in Steeler country here in, in Pittsburgh. We do a thing called seven shots. It's Mike Tomlin thing. He starts a lot of practices off with it uh, during training camp or OTAs where uh, seven two-point plays and there's a winner and there's a loser. Um, and so the ones may get four cracks at it and twos might get like three cracks at it, but there's a winner and a loser offense versus defense. And we added that and we did it three times throughout preseason. And this was where we started to really be able to build a great two-point bank and it's competitive. And I think that that's the biggest thing is the red zone has to be competitive down there. You're either going to score or you're not right. And so creating that competitive environment within the drills that we're doing. So getting into in season. So kind of our practice planning and kicking, and I'm going to talk about kicking a lot because that, that's a big part of our success in the red zone. So when I get into goal line on Wednesdays, uh, Wednesdays, we wear full pads. All right. And so we're going to work on our goal line package. It's usually about four plays. And then right when we finish those four plays on the goal line, we're going to literally flip. And now we're going to go out and we're going to do our, you know, our backed up coming out. We're going to do four plays from the minus uh, one to the minus four. And so that kind of gets packaged together. It's going to be different plays, going to be different personnels and formations. But our kids are very locked into, hey, um, this is short yardage type of stuff. This is, you know, more condensed type of stuff. And it gives us the ability in our game planning to use the same plays in multiple spots. We'll also do on Wednesday, third down, and in particular, third and short. So one to three. So yet again, working on goal line, coming out and backed up and third and short all on the same day allows us to have some crossover and plays on the play sheet. It allows us to maximize our reps in practice. And, and to be honest, we're not spreading out the banging as much. Um, we're getting it kind of done in a more condensed manner on Wednesday or on Wednesdays. And then on Thursdays, because we're in uppers, we're going to kind of get more into that extended red zone. So the 25 to the five, it's going to be more passing and RPO based plays. And then any special plays, any game plan things that were made for the red zone only, you know, like a stick nod or something like that, that we really feel like, Hey, it's a, it's a touchdown type of play. It's a red zone play. We'll also do our two point plays on Thursdays, full speed, but we'll walk through them on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, so we may not run all the two point plays and I'll, I'll show you guys kind of a practice script here in a second. We might not have all five plays getting run full speed, but we're definitely going to walk through all of them multiple times and that those reps build over weeks. And as we use one of those plays in a game um, that we looked at, maybe add a new one in or maybe adjust that play and give it a new presentation. And so those are some of the things that we'll kind of do on Thursday. But then kicking, this is the biggest part of all of this. And, and we were fortunate. Our kicker was actually number 10 in the country for field goals this year. We kick a lot, not a crazy amount, but a lot. Uh, on Tuesdays, we go five minutes snap, hold, and kick. No rush, no other people, just snap, hold, kick, just operational work, mostly just PATs, keeping the ball inside the 10 and just really working our timing. And then later in that practice on Tuesdays, we go five minutes of good on good. Our our best guys on, on defense versus our best on offense with a full rush. And 
I know Coach Simmons, our, our special teams coordinator, is speaking at the same time here. You know, we, we were number one in blocked kicks and blocked punts. Well, that's because we do good on good work. There'll be times where we'll have like a priority. We'll say, hey, this first two and a half minutes of this five-minute period, it's an offensive priority. So there's any defensive guys, they'll come over to offense as like a wing or a tight end or maybe an interior guard. And then if there's any offensive guys that are on the block unit, then we'll flip that priority. So we're getting the best look. On Wednesdays, we'll also do five minutes of good on good. I won't lie to you. When we get to about week seven or eight in the season, later in the season, we'll start to cut that out just because it's getting colder. Um, we don't kick over kick our kickers. At that point, we've, we've logged a lot of reps throughout the year. And then Thursdays, we'll do five minutes of good on good with only two steps into the rush. That's it. Everyone's fitting their gaps. Defense is making sure they know the eligibles. Everyone's getting the calls. Everyone knows what we're doing. And then we'll do a Toro, which is like your 10 seconds or less, you know, run from the sideline onto the, on the field and kick a field goal. But we're really big on constantly moving the ball around. And I think that that's important. And we focus on the 20, the 10 to the 25. Anytime we're in full field goal unit work, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're constantly moving the ball between the, the 10 and the 25. We will do some kicks beyond the 25. Um, depending on how our kicker is doing that day, if he's having a good day, we might try one 30, 35, but we're not going to kick super deep ones for no reason to put him in a bad spot. He can work that kind of stuff on his own and his own timing. Um, but what we don't do is we don't kick a lot of field goals inside the 10. Uh, we may kick one or two PATs full go, you know, during the week. Everything else is going to be moving around on hashes. It's going to be outside that because yet again, when we are inside the 10, we want to score touchdowns and not kick field goals more than we have to. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, emphasize scoring points above everything, especially in the red zone. Make sure to stress the importance of decision-making by the quarterback and not passing up completions, keeping the team moving forward and understanding safe throws and matchups to maximize scoring opportunities. I love the mantra of completion, scramble, throwaway in the red zone that coach uses. Two, focus on goal-to-go situations inside the 10-yard line with the goal of scoring touchdowns rather than settling for field goals. Understand the challenges of kicking field goals from close range and strive to finish drives with touchdowns to maximize success in the red zone. Preparing more two-point plays and using them to score touchdowns is a sound practice. And three, prioritize preparation during the preseason and in-season practices by dedicating specific time to red zone scenarios, including goal line situations and third and short plays in this area. Create competitive environments in practice to simulate game situations and maximize player readiness for executing in the red zone during games. Additionally, pay attention to kicking practices and operational work to ensure consistency and success with field goals in the red zone. Remember to check the show notes in order to be able to access this presentation as part of the D3 Top 25 Virtual Clinic presented by Coach and Coordinator Podcast or as an individual course on CoachTube. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, head to Apple Podcasts, hit five-star for rate and or leave a review. It helps the podcast grow and helps other coaches find us, which in turn helps the game. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.